0: In the That's <laughs> Welcome back to Zodiac Bitches. I'm Maggie B. And I'm Maggie D. We are a comedic mystic podcast for mystic newbies by mystic newbies. We are just slowly getting into mysticism with all of y'all. Our first segment, Witching and Bitching. We're a couple of witches. Here is some chit-chat. Witching and bitching. You know, last week we talked about the book series The Raven Cycle. And I was just thinking about because it, it takes place in Virginia. And I was reading about the author because I just wanted to know, like, what her deal was because she's a great author. And her name also Maggie. And so she's from Virginia. So, of course, she writes about Virginia. Mm-hmm. But when I read about Virginia, I'm like, another world. You know, I'm like, another place. Transport me to Virginia. You know, I've, I've been to Virginia, but not like that, you know. But like, yeah. when I read books that take place in Atlanta, and they say like, Atlanta, I'm like, I'm like that, you know, like, it's like that thing where you go to us, you feel I feel like when you go to a live show, and they're like, anybody here from Atlanta, and half the audience is like, woo, just like a roll call. So when I read Atlanta, I'm like, woo, Atlanta, we get it roll call, right? But you're from West Virginia, which is not Virginia, but, like, in the book, when they mention Virginia, do you, or West Virginia, do you feel that way? Like, do you feel like, woo roll call, or, like, do you feel like it's still a far-off place? Like, is it just an Atlanta thing? You know, the way people write about California, and you're like, California. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: like, I think it's so different, because I think when I, like, if I'm in the audience, and they're like, who's here from Atlanta, then I would do, like, whoa because, like, I consider myself also like an Atlantan now, but like, the sound is like different for West Virginia. Like,
0: it's not a whoa, like, it's like a yeah, like, it's like just like a different. <laughs> I guess I'm asking, like, is the illusion of magic still there for you? Because, like, I have no connection to Virginia. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, you tell me whatever you want about Virginia, and I'll believe it. But, like, when they're like, oh, Atlanta, and they name drop, like, Peachtree, and, like, all the – I'm like, yeah, that's not magical. I've been there. (laughs) So, weirdly
1: enough, and you know how I feel about West Virginia, and, like, my family lives in Virginia, so it's not like I'm just, like, comparing the two together. Like, I have a firm knowledge of both states – like, there we go. Um, I do still feel like it's magical, mainly because, like, especially where I'm from, it is so untouched. So, like, still, like, there's just, like, wild greenery everywhere. Like, it's all a little bit cracked You know what I mean? Like, there's so many parts of Atlanta that feel so new and or like so deliberately artsy, right? Like, it's like, ooh, like we're new or we're artsy, we're bohemian. Like, there's something about like living in West Virginia and very many parts of Virginia where like you feel really isolated, but that does add to like a like a country magic about it. (laughs) Like, even a CVS, you know, like, I think of, like, my CVS parking lot in West Virginia, and it still is a little bit magical to me because it's on a mountain in the middle of nowhere, and there's kids sitting outside of it drinking cream sodas and on their skateboards because they have nothing else to do. It's very much like a picturesque, like the start of a lazy summer sort of adventure novel all the time in West Virginia and Virginia. Like, it's like, what's going to happen in this boring small town? <laughs> so I was still, when I read those books, I was totally still transported. They even mentioned West Virginia in it, a part of West Virginia that I'm, like, somewhat, like, familiar with. And I st- it still feels magical because, like, that place like nobody fucking knows anything about it so when you come from there you're like yeah you're like this is my shit
0: <laughs> i just don't feel that way about atlanta like it doesn't seem magical like i don't know we have other atlanta like locals who listen. So like do, when you read atlanta do you feel transported still like i just yeah. picture like you know little five points a, a, a place in atlanta and i'm just like okay you know <laughs>
1: And I know, like, it probably is going to be an unpopular opinion. You know, I love Atlanta. Like, I talk about it all the time. Like, this is, like, I feel, like, very much my home, you know. But I also don't feel like it's magical. Like, it's just to me, like, it's fun and it's surprising and it's bright and it's, you know, it's very cool here. But it's not magical. Like, to me, like, magic, like, sits in the seeds of, like you know uh, like untapped potential and it feels like you know atlanta is tapped potential like everyone is here all the time there's so much fucking traffic i don't want anyone else to move here even though i moved here (laughs) um you know it just feels like places like west virginia are so untapped and that's like for me where like the kind of the definition of magic lies it's like that really unknown place um, so that is my,
0: <laughs> no, I think, I think that's honestly the perfect description because it's, it's mm-hmm. like I, once I get out of Atlanta and further into the no, not, you know, little population areas, when you have a building right next to like a 50 acre forest that's magical that to me is like ripe with potential like what's gonna come out of the woods but I'm never (laughs) like what's gonna come out of that apartment complex exactly
1: like it's like I can be in Atlanta at nighttime and think to myself like wow I love this city and I feel so alive but it's it's slightly different it's a shift for sure magic is not there necessarily I mean there's magic and feelings but you know I don't feel like magic i feel magical in myself in the city but when i'm in west virginia i feel magic in the land
0: (laughs) uh and then what else let's see this week i went to an open mic for stand-up and it was outside which is such an interesting dynamic because like everything sound gets lost outside so you're like waiting for like you know like you you're waiting you're waiting for the comedian's jokes to like travel to you to like laugh you know what i mean there's like a delay and everything But I gave stand-up a try, and I had a good set, I thought. The thing that I found the most interesting was these, like, 20-year-old, and by interesting, I mean not interesting, is these 20-year-old boys who would get up to do an open mic, and they would be trying to make this point about, like, women and their ex-girlfriends and feelings. But they would just kind of be like, ugh, like, I had to dump my last ex-girlfriend. Like, (laughs) that bitch wanted to talk about her emotions too much. And I'm like, you think that you're doing something here, but what you're actually doing is revealing to the audience that you have so little emotional depth that you can't even maintain a relationship. You know, like, you think you're saying something about women, but what you're really doing is saying that you're bad at caring about other people. (laughs) as if that hasn't
1: already been said and done by a million comedians like the the whole point is to like introduce the audience to either a like a new point of view a new perspective on something or b name something that everybody feels but doesn't think about all the time men think about how they don't want to talk about emotions 80 percent of their
0: day you're not introducing us to anything new well, not even that, it's like if three other people have already gone up on the open mic and done your same thing, then find a new bit, you know? And then, write a new joke. <laughs> write a new joke. And I just it first made me genuinely believe that heckling should exist because <sighs> because you know, I want to support everyone's dreams. You know that. I want everyone to reach their full potential. But in those moments, after the second one had gone up and been like, am I right, uh, ex-girlfriends are bitches, I wanted to be like, boo, <laughs> boo, say, what, say something else, you know, like, oh, did she did she really hurt your feelings because she said that you weren't emotionally vulnerable? Like, <laughs> I genuinely, in that moment, in my heart, believed in heckling. Well, what's hilarious is that this really brings me back to a time when
1: we did heckle someone. It was our friend at the time. I'm sorry. It was my boyfriend at the time. He was up on stage doing improv at like an open mic, imp- you know, a jam as we call them. But to you all listening, it's a similar to an open mic. And we totally did heckle him about smoking. He was doing a scene about smoking and we kept going, boo because we hated that he smoked and then the guy who was in charge of the open mic turned around and was like how dare you you know what i mean like you're not supposed to heckle people and at the time i was so mortified i was like oh my god like we just got in trouble for heckling like i thought it was all in good chest and i felt like really bad but now i also don't like the guy who told us off I also think he sucks. So I'm like, yeah, heckling should exist. You know what?
0: The audience should be able to speak their minds. <laughs> well, it's just like, sometimes I just think it's called for because I, I think they're all friends with each other. This is, like, this is like, are we digging a hole? I just feel like they're all friends with each other. And so they all are just like a closed loop of like, yes, it is interesting to just talk about how my ex-girlfriend is dumb. But like not for a funny or interesting reason, you know, but for the fact that she wanted to talk about her feelings that I'm like, you don't know that you're not doing anything. That's the know it all in me. I'm like, you think you're doing something and you don't know that you're not succeeding. And it drives me crazy that you are living in a world of false reality. Yes, because, you know,
1: because there's no hecklers, so no one told him that he sucked. He got off stage and all his little bros were like, yeah,
0: women are stupid and want us to talk about our feelings. And I just hate that. I'm like, I know. So then God. I got up there and I, I, I turned one of my jokes into kind of roasting male comedians. <laughs> amazing amazing because i talked about i talked about it over here on here before where i talked about how i teach my nephew when he makes jokes i tell him like why that joke works and like what it means to build a joke structure so i talked about that and blah blah blah, blah some other actually funny things and then i was like you know because i just hope that one day when he becomes a male comedian and he gets up on the stage he actually has something funny to say <laughs> and like all the women in the audience laughed and all the men were like made, like, crazy eyes, you know? They were
1: like, what <laughs> uh, I, honestly, can we just ban men from comedy in audiences and on the stage unless they're, you know, like, fun? I need, like, a fun-o-meter.
0: The, yes! Like a... <laughs> this is why I'm talking about heckling. That is exactly it. Because it's really just, like, I need, like, they're, you know, the the clearly the laughter feedback was, like, not enough. You know, when no one was laughing, it wasn't enough to prove to them that they needed to rework the joke. So I yeah. need like a like on what is it X Factor or whatever where everyone hits the X button or you get the yes button, and we could do it like per joke. You know what I mean? Like you do a joke and they're like yeah, and then you do a dumb joke about how you're not emotionally vulnerable, but you without the awareness that you're not emotionally vulnerable, and we're like no. <laughs> could you imagine if
1: you did a joke and then we just like slammed down on her? <laughs> And a big red X pops up. No. No. But then, like, I can't even be in support of this because if someone did that to me, I would cry. And,
0: uh... Yeah, but you would have... You would have... You would have more jokes. You would want that (laughs) feedback. Because you don't want to waste your time on a joke that actually doesn't mean anything. That isn't actually a joke.
1: Yeah. No, that's fair.
0: God, this guy went up. He was not not emotionally vulnerable. His problem was that he was still on the idea that just like talking about porn was like, ooh, you know, like mm-hmm. enough to get the audience going. And and I was just like, it's just not though. Like his, he was just like, yeah, I've been watching a lot of weird porn over quarantine and, and you know, now all of a sudden I'm into midget porn. And then he just paused oh, for the laugh, like assuming God. that that would be funny. And I was just like, but there's nothing to this that you're bringing to the table. Like you're- what The joke oh, is that they're little people. Like, I'm like, what is the joke to you?
1: Yeah, what what is the joke to you? And I'd like to hear you say it out <laughs> loud, and then I'm going to press my big no button. Yeah. Only since it doesn't exist, I'm just
0: going to shout, boo! boo! Yeah. And I'm going to heckle you. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't actually, but I would like there to be more of a feedback way for open mics. Not live shows. Not when you've paid money to go see something. But when mm-hmm. I have to watch two hours worth of people's five-minute sets, there needs to be some feedback. So this feedback needs to have happened. <laughs> yeah, I got to say, an
1: open mic night sounds sounds rough. You yeah, know?
0: but, you know, it was just as, I tell my, it's worth it because I want to have a stand-up career and I'm, I'm proud of a lot of the jokes that I workshopped that day and I'm excited yeah. to workshop some more. But I tell myself that we used to go to, like, eight improv jams a week. Yes. And if I can do that, and that does nothing for me now, did it work great for us as a dynamic? Yes. Does it do anything for, like, my stand-up or, like, booking gigs? No. Oh. So then I can do I can do open mics. I can sit through other people's jokes.
1: See, it's so funny because, like, I feel like I could sit through an open night of improv better because at least there's always someone to come in and, like, save the scene. You know what I mean? There's almost always someone... Who swoops in and is yes. like, I'm
0: gonna turn this ship around. It's not literally just end the scene. But that is yes. not a reality. Yeah, you don't get that in open mic. If you get four minutes, then they won't kick you off until four minutes. But uh, some people need to be X Factored.
1: But if it were if we did an X Factor, I would give you the golden buzzer. You haven't even seen my stand up. You have no idea. I don't have to. I would give you the golden buzzer before you opened your mouth. I'd be like, look at her. She's beautiful. You can feel her soul.
0: (laughs) She's so emotionally vulnerable. Gold buzzer. (laughs) Well, I mean, the thing is, like, mine doesn't I wouldn't say I'm emotionally vulnerable. It's that mine is a, like, an analysis of me in situations versus, like, me trying to put the situation onto other people. Like, all my jokes are like, here's this moment where, like, I realized I was, like, flawed as a daughter or, or like, I have one where I I won't get into it. I'll tell it another time. Okay. Save your material. and your material. Next, you
1: know, there's going to be a witching and bitching session where it's just your stand-up and I'm going to watch and, and um, hit buzzers.
0: Yeah, you can tell me what doesn't and doesn't work. The thing <laughs> is, I went alone to this one. And I just was like, there are a few times where I was like, I just need wanted some feedback from someone I trusted. So I'm like, next time I have to drag someone I like to also watch two hours worth of other people's jokes.
1: I'm trying to think of like a stand-up that we, like a stand-up comic that we like trust enough to even get like you good feedback from. You know what I mean? Like someone who's done stand-up comedy who I feel like, you know, it's like a good person that we like. And I'm like, wow, that is... A short list
0: of people. Yeah, the problem is that like all the people like honestly, I just don't know a ton of stand-ups in Atlanta. I know a lot of improvisers and not a ton of stand I know a lot of stand-up men. And I <laughs> don't feel like talking to them. The problem is that like a lot of the people who I'm like, I'd love their feedback. They're like celebrities, you know? I'm like, would love feedback from Katherine Ryan. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Would love her feedback. Would love her
1: feedback. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Fortune Feemster?
0: Yeah, where, where where she tells a great fucking story. Where is she? I'm like, Fortune, are you in the audience
1: tonight?
0: Oh God! Well, I'm so excited to see it.
1: I'm 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 very excited. I will go to an open mic for you.
0: Thank you. And then when your set's done, I'm gonna leave. I don't uh, judge you for that. Yeah. The problem was, I will tell you, I was so out of, like, the practice of doing a sign up for something, because we haven't been to improv anything in forever, It's that yeah. I forgot that, like, when you put your name on a list, you should, like, look at the people before you so that you know when they get called, then you go up. And I just mm-hmm. forgot. And so I was just like, well, we'll see when it happens. You know, like, it was like, like, oh, my God. I was like, I wasn't even nervous because I was just like, I don't even know when I'm supposed to go on. <laughs> See, that would make me more nervous.
1: I'd be like, it could happen at any minute. Oh, my God. It's like ticking time bomb. And I love to go first to get stuff out of the way. So I would hate that just like sitting there like other people being called.
0: want to go, go first. You don't want to go first in an open mic because the crowd is still like me right. nah. you know you got nobody's like hyped them up or in and, and or disappointed them enough to be uplifted by you you know
1: <laughs> that's what i would hope for is that someone just bombed right before me that sounds so awful mean i hope someone else just bombs so that i look good but i'm on my first open mic hell
0: yeah that's what i'd
1: wish for jesus well, you don't have to
0: worry about it <laughs> no a lot of them bomb <laughs> i know <laughs>
1: well, i'd be afraid that'd be me <laughs>
0: Life is wild, man. Yeah. Well, anyway, you know, another time, not this week. I'm going to another one this week, but you're moving this week, so I'll make you come with me another time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm. That's our last night. So, because uh, you know, Maggie's going to an open mic, and um, and I saw that in our chat messages, and that's our last dinner as roommates. My roommates that I have now. It's oh, the end God. of an era. <laughs> I know. It's really, it's really strange to like grow up and move somewhere, and I like, you know, went into my apartment and I. I've been moving stuff into my apartment more and more and I was kid like looking at it and being like, damn, this is a pretty nice place. You know what I mean? Like, I like, can't believe that I lit. It's not even big. You know what I mean? Like it's fine. But when I look at it, I'm like, this is so much better than anything that I've ever been able to afford. And I have my own bathroom.
0: I haven't had my own bathroom ever. If you want to talk about luxury, if you want to talk about true luxury you know when you say luxury people might think like handbags or whatever no it is having your own bathroom that's like luxury that's peak luxury my
1: whole life I've never had my own bathroom not once ever and I am like every time I look at it I'm like look at my bathroom everything for it. By far, I've spent the most money in my bathroom because I'm just like, look at the shower curtain. Look at the bath mat. Look at these cute things that hold Q-tips. Look at these. They hold cotton swabs. Look at all this storage. Like, I genuinely, like, I got new trash cans, new soaps. I'm like, (laughs) I am so excited, and I'm also on the verge of just like a breakdown about moving because that's, you know, what moving is. But... (laughs) But yeah, so uh, when you're going to your open mic, that is our last roommate dinner. And I am, you know, that that's sad. It's like, because I never, there was not one time where I was living with my roommates now. And I was like, man, I just don't like them. You know what I mean? Like that was never the case. Like it always felt like I came home from vacation recently and I pulled up in my driveway and I saw all of our cars were there, um, including like my roommate's boyfriend. And I literally thought to myself before I could even think about it, Before I could stop it, I was like, oh, my family's home. Oh, you sentimental bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And then I was like, oh, my God, no. You know, like, I really, I pulled up into my home, and I was like, there's my family. And I was like, oh, God, we're moving. (laughs) But it's totally, it's going to be great, and we're going to have just this. A different version of our family that's all
0: with an added you know with added members you know oh my god now Now it sounds like you're getting a divorce and you're trying to talk to your children (laughs) we're a new family we're still family we're just new we're just different but we're we're family but family is still in the name but we're new well that's exactly what i am doing except for that i am the person getting divorced
1: and i'm also the children I'm like, it's a new family. It's going to be great. Like, you're going to have a lovely time. (laughs) But yeah, so this, wow, what a week. Open mics, moving,
0: vacations. Wow, 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 wow. I think we're ready to learn. I think we're ready to learn. You know our first and most important addendum. Uh. We are welcoming you into our learning journey. That means that we don't know everything, nor have we claimed to know everything. It means that we are going to dip our toes into a topic today about mysticism. And if you know more than us, or you want to push back, or you have something to add, we would love to hear from you as long as you're nice about it. You can reach us. At Zodiac Bitches Pod on all our social medias. Hello at ZodiacBitches.com is our email. Zodiacbitches.com is our website. It has a write-in form. So many ways to reach us. Oh my God. We had an A-holder astrology and I completely forgot about it. Oh, I'm so sorry to our write-in. We will get to it next week. We will get to it next week. So sorry. Oh my god. I So this whole time being like, yeah, we're just gonna chit-chat about like the last week, thinking that we didn't have something important on the line. Well, like we haven't seen each other in a long time
1: because I was on vacation and we were like taking, you know, time away, and so now I'm like, but we needed to talk. We needed this hour of us talking.
0: Well, a-hole astrology next week. If you want to be part of that episode, send us an a-hole or astrology. Is someone in your life being an a-hole or is there astrology? Write into us, ask us. We will also provide you with unsolicited life advice. Together, we have over fifty years of life experience. So there you go. That's our agendum. What are we learning about this week? And where are we learning it from? We are learning from
1: A Beginner's Guide to Numerology, Decode Relationships, Maximize Opportunities, and Discover Your Destiny by Joy Woodward! And today, we are learning about name charts. Just as we had to do our birth charts, now we are doing a chart so we'll keep it pretty brief because it's another tic-tac-toe game (laughs) Um, and you know what I just realized like, we're
0: swiftly coming to the end of numerology oh Jesus we're back to the age old question what should we (laughs) learn about next (laughs) so if you have a strong feeling
1: about what we should learn about next write in let us know we've got a couple ideas but we're always open to hearing from you guys okay so we are learning about our name chart, and it says the name chart is even richer with information than the birth chart, which I'm like, what?
0: That can't be. Somebody else chose my fucking name. I know, like birth- but I mean, you know, you could be a, a C-section baby, and then somebody else chose your birth as well. That is a fair and inclusive point.
1: All right, it says, uh, so now you're basically, remember we talked last week about tic-tac-toes. Hopefully you went to our Instagram at Zodiac Bitches Pod and looked at it. Um, But we're playing that tic-tac-toe game again. So earlier, you know, in this kind of numerology series, we posted our little decoder ring chart of how every letter has a number attached to it. And so we're using that same chart. We'll repost it. We're using that same chart to make another little tic-tac-toe graph of all of our numbers.
0: And let me tell you, we have long-ass names. The Margarets, you know, you know us by the Maggie's, by our common nickname, but we both Margaret have long- Elizabeth Becker? I was like, God damn
1: it! <laughs> I'm complex. You're- I'm complex. I mean, your chart is bonkers. Like, we're not talking about- This is the only time I'll ever say this in the history of this podcast. We're not talking about me, like, at all today. We're only talking about you. You're the only one who had interesting things happening. Put it down in your calendars,
0: folks. (laughs) May 24th is a Maggie B day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, so it says the
1: things that... Okay, so specifically, we're making our name chart. But what we're going to learn about from our name chart is our intensity number. It also has the same things where there's like arrows that you can draw through like your playing tic-tac-toe and we'll sort of talk about that but what we're mainly talking about is the intensity number. Now this is the most repeated number found in your name chart and reveals character traits that are more intense than the others. So basically it's like if you have a lot of the same number in your name chart then that's really intense. I feel like I'm like, was it the early 2000s where everyone was like wearing trucker hats and Ashton Kutcher was on punked and like screaming in the camera? Like that's the intensity number. Like, it's intense, bro. So we're going to learn about like your intense features today. I'm average. Like my whole chart was like, yeah, you're fucking average. I was like, well,
0: this is rude. I'm it shocked. Looks- you don't have emotional intensity. No, because, no. you know, we got that. We learned that last week, the arrow of, of feelings. Hyper sensitivity. <laughs> yeah, so literally my whole chart was like, yeah, you have about the same
1: numbers as everyone else. And I, as my number, as my four Enneagram self, did not like that. I like to be an individual. I like to feel magical. I'm really pissed off about
0: the whole name chart situation. Take so me let- to the CVS in West Virginia <laughs> and let me feel alive. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to
1: hold up a picture of your name chart to you. Look at your
0: fucking name chart. Wait a minute. Oh, my God. (laughs) I have, like, a million twos and fours and nines. You have five twos, you have five fives, and you have four
1: nines. The most I have is four nines. I have the same amount as you nines, but other than that, I just have like threes of other stuff. You have fucking five of two of the numbers, okay? So the first one we're going to talk about is intensities for twos. So you have an intensity number of two because you have five twos in your chart! The average numbers of twos in a chart is one. So like normal people only, sorry, I'm saying normal people as if like, I'm I'm already like, I'm segregating you already. Like, I'm like, she's not a normal person. She's a weirdo. (laughs) But so the average number, you know, is just, you have one, two in your chart, which I only have one, two in my chart. I'm average as fuck. It says this will make you considerate willing to help and sensitive to others if you have more which makes me laugh because we just talked about we want to have booze we want to have giant red eggs <laughs> i do want because i want to help them yes i i really was gonna okay so here's my thing is because like i think this is like people could think of it about like being like nice to others which are obviously very nice to others but i think of it like you are sensitive to other people's like like, you notice things about people. You know what I mean? Like, you are sensitive to the vibes. No no thoughts, only vibes. Vibe check only. Vibe check only. It says um, you have a good sense of rhythm and timing, which is true. Your comedy is like chef's kiss, all about that timing, um, and have the ability to bring people together. The more twos you have, the more sensitive you will be. And I don't necessarily think it's saying, like, And which I do think you're like an emotional sensitive person, but I think that it means like you, because two all along has been the number where it talks about partnership and like relying on other people. And I think it's just saying that like you are a vibe check, like you feel it and you can sense it. And you're like willing to like
0: work through that and make a team.
1: That's my interpretation. That could not be what the book is saying.
0: Well, I appreciate your interpretation. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it's so interesting that because words can have more than one meaning, And I think that sensitive can go in many ways and that I do read people like I understand a lot of people's intentions before Mm -hmm. others might. But I also think that is like an interesting thing I've been wrestling with because it makes me like I try to be a very truthful person.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And then I'm like being truthful based on what I have vibed off of other people and not what they're telling me. Does that make sense? And so then, like, then they'll feel like they're being, like, read. But I'm like, oh, I wasn't reading. Like, I was just trying to, like, level with you. But, like, they weren't ready. They didn't want to be leveled with on that level yet. like, some
1: people aren't ready for, you know, for truth, you know, which I would say the majority of people.
0: No, I would say, yeah, nobody wants to be leveled with at the truth level. They don't. They really don't. Like, and, like, I feel it. Like, I'm like,
1: please don't truth me. (laughs) i mean that's not true because i do like need people to be level with me and honest with me but at the same time i'm like again what we talked about last week i would never want to read people's minds i don't want to know that just keep it to (laughs) yourself okay so let's go to your other intensity number number five you have five fives oh wait a minute okay so this says i did read this and then i forgot to mark it a co- well, so now I'm like, am I lacking? Because it says a common number. Five is a common number. The average number of fives in a name is five, which will result in resourcefulness and adaptability. Having more fives will intensify the power of this number, making you dramatic and prone to addiction, and you have difficulty completing tasks. So you don't have more fives. You have a good amount of fives, but I have. I don't have that many fives, and it says you will not be adaptable and will dislike change and crowds which, not... may, which may cause you to become
0: reclusive. I don't, I don't want to like, I don't want to hit that truth button. <laughs> don't raise really me, Maggie!
1: But I am totally becoming more reclusive. Like I'm just like the quarantine and pandemic has made me like, I don't want to leave my house. I don't like change. I'm crying about moving because I <laughs> own
0: my last roommate dinner. See the thing is like the pandemic has made me bad at lying. Like I I I went to this engagement because I'm just like, I don't have to lie to my parents. You know, I'm like, it's the truth all around, baby. You know, it's truth teller. It's truth city here. And, <laughs> and so I like went to this like dinner. And with high school ex-boyfriend and his friends, and they were all, like, talking about, like, one of them was married, and one was engaged, and the other was, like, moments from engagement, you know? Yeah. And so they were like, blah, 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 blah. Engagement's great. I was happy to listen. Do you know what I mean? I was just nodding and going along with it. But I didn't anticipate that someone would turn to me and ask me the question. So one of them was like, oh, no. oh. you know, like, what what kind of ring, like, have you thought about what kind of ring you want? And I was like, no. Which didn't mean to shut down the conversation. I should have just said, like, yeah, a big one. You know, like I should have yeah. just said anything to but I just I was so used to just being honest that I was just like, no. And so then I was talking to someone later, um, one of my new friend from from Facebook. Yeah. She was like, That's so amazing. Like you're so authentic. Like I would have just like gone along with it. And I was like, the idea to go along with it did not occur to me. I didn't do this out of the need to be authentic. I did this out of the forgetfulness that I could lie. (laughs) Like, like I just forgot that a person could just be, say something that they didn't like really mean, but didn't matter that it wasn't the truth. I forgot (laughs) how to lie in the pandemic.
1: Oh God, as a person with anxiety, I wish that would happen to me, but it never will she loves to lie in public in public spaces i
0: want to the thing is like if i don't want to tell a lie then i just don't say anything because i'm like i'm not yeah. ready to reveal this so then i just don't say anything which makes me seem like like a fucking weirdo i'm like i'm just like biding my time until i've got something useful to say you know what i mean it's like a siren people are like what's she hiding in there <laughs> and i just like just say anything just lie So, you know, get ready. 2021 is going to be the year of Maggie B. lying. (laughs) (laughs) So let's look at our
1: number nines. (laughs) Okay. How many? We both have four number nines. Twins. Okay. Oh, look at this. Oh, I don't know if it's good. Let's take a look. Having two or three nines is considered intense. So we have more than that. (laughs) And we'll bring you understanding creative gifts and a humanitarian approach to life. We are loving all of those. (laughs) If you have only one nine, you may lack awareness of other people's feelings. Well, listen, baby, we got four. We're high-powered nines over here. And uh, it says missing nines will make you self-involved. So obviously we're the opposite of that. We must be um, just selfless humanitarians who only care about other people, which is why we want to heckle them.
0: I care, so I must correct.
1: <laughs> um, And let me just see if there's any other... What else did I write down? Let me see. Oh, something that I thought was really hilarious is eights. So you only have two eights in your chart, so I didn't think that would mean anything. And I have zero eights in my chart. I have none. And number eight, it says... <laughs> So one is the average number of eights in a name and means you will be, so normally someone only has like one eight in their whole name chart. You have two, I have zero. It says two or more eights can give you a good understanding of money, but also give money too much power in your life. If you are missing eights, you may be reckless with your resources and your lesson will be found in the realms of money and power. Every time we do a lesson, it's like, Maggie D, you're poor. No, it
0: doesn't say you're poor. It's like you just like you'll just rent like any video off of Amazon because you're ready to watch it. And it's just I would never do that. And I have a respect for you because you live a carefree life where you say, you know, I want to watch this movie so I'm going to and I'm like four dollars for a movie as if like as as if I don't spend more on stupider things you know like like that's why you have two eights and I have four
1: dollars for a movie who's laughing now So then you can also do arrows in your chart, but we don't really need to talk about those that much. I mean, it's the same stuff that we've been talking about in the past one. And it's sort of closing out. Those are all the charts that we learned. So it says, these charts reveal illuminating information that will complement the five core numbers in your profile. So we learned all those numbers about ourselves. So these charts are supposed to like supplement that. Grids and charts are fascinating because they can help reveal patterns in your life which i do have to say you know when we're writing down when i'm writing down these charts and like putting the numbers on it did make me like really see in black and white i'm a very visual learner i was like oh yeah like maggie does have 10 million fives and i have zero maggie does have a million twos and i have none and maggie has two <laughs> it really put in black and white how average my chart was. So I didn't see that. I saw how (laughs) it What kind of takeaway is that? (laughs) I'm kidding. It says these charts can be really uh, useful when you have a limited information about someone, like a coworker, which I'm like, so if I have a limited information about them, I know their birth date and their full given
0: name. Like I was like, I don't know that about people I don't know anything about. That might be easier to find on your coworker. Because it would have to be, like, on their ID or in their email address. And then, like, their birthday is probably, like, the office has probably celebrated it or something. But would I go to those lengths about a coworker? Absolutely not.
1: No. I mean, all
0: power to someone who would. I mean, much respect, genuinely. Because I can't lie. I mean it. But... (laughs) I would never do that. <laughs> I
1: mean, it feels like my coworkers, Anytime I would well, not like now I don't really have any, but before when I had coworkers, it felt like I, I was always a person that they were like, oh, do my astrology chart, interpret this, do this. So I do feel like I would have done this for people, but only because they asked, so I would never do this. Like I'm too lazy for that. This is, I mean, it's a lot. I had to make multiple charts because not only do you make your one big chart, but I had to make two little tiny ones for the arrows too. So honestly, actually, sorry, I, I made because you have, there's when you're looking at the arrows, you have to make a chart for each of your names. So I made eight charts today. I made eight tic tac toe charts, and believe it or not, I just don't
0: feel like doing that for my coworkers. I just don't think they've earned it from me.
1: Yeah. So that is uh, this week's lesson. Again, we learned about intensity numbers, and that's just saying like how many numbers are in your chart and if you have a lot of one number that's an intensity number or if you lack it that can even be
0: that's intense because it's not there (laughs) it's intense man well that's I, i do like that about numerology because the numbers mean something and that all of the if there's no numbers that means something the lack because zero is still like I don't know, some math person is going to be like, it's not a number, but it's a number, you know? Like, when I learned numbers, zero is a number. But then, like, also, like, nine nines is a number, you know? So I like that everything is quantity. Yes. Well,
1: it's measurable,
0: which is nice. Like, it's nice
1: to look at something and be like, this is a measurable thing that I can look at black and white and say, oh, I have four nines. That means something. Because a lot of times in, you know, mysticism, it's very much like, how do you feel? Which, like, I love, you know, but that's not everyone's, like, magic language. Some people need black and white. They need numbers. They need order. It's not my thing. You know, that's, what I think, what I have come to realize. I love numerology, but I also am like, there's a lot of rules. <laughs> it's a lot of math, and there's a lot of charts. I'm just going to put that out there, y'all. So if you're in numerology, I love that for you. I love that you are someone who likes to learn um, with Rules, but I can't do it.
0: (laughs) I mean, I got the easy end of this stick because you did it for me. So I was like, Numerology (laughs) is great because I haven't had to do like any of that. Numerology (laughs) is (laughs) great.
1: Love numerology. Well, again, we are, you know, coming upon a close to numerology. So if you have something you really want to learn about, let us know and we will definitely like take a look. Give us a book recommendation. Start a book club. We started a book club last week of stuff that we like to read that makes us horny and long for things. So now (laughs) start a book club and tell us what you like. Yeah.
0: Well, that's all I've got on my end. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, you can support us monetarily by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash Zodiac If you don't have the monetary means, but you would still like to quantify your support, then you can review us on iTunes, Five Stars, or Let's Talk. You can reach out to us <laughs> on our social medias, and we would love to get to know you or hear from you. You can send us an a or astrology or an angel or astrology. Are they an angel or it is their astrology? Anything like that we love to hear from you. I'm Maggie B and I'm Maggie D. Mayor Stars line.